talking about just reaching beyond ourselves, reaching beyond our need. And I understand we all have needs. We all have things going on in our life. But there's something about when you reach beyond your need, when you reach beyond your situation and help somebody else. And it's just amazing how God then in return turns around and meets your need. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's happened time and time and time again because our God is a giving God. And Luke uh, 6.38 says, give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. However you measure out in giving, that's going to be measured back to you. And um, the key word there is it, give and it. So whatever you're giving, that's what's coming back to you. So for instance, if I'm giving mercy, then I can expect mercy to come back into my life. If I'm not extending forgiveness, then I shouldn't expect forgiveness to manifest in my life. So it works in the positive, it works in the negative. Whatever we give, it's the law of God. It will come back into your life, right? So it's sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. So I want to encourage you, encourage you, go beyond yourself. I'm going to talk about that here. So before I do that, we're going to pray, and then we'll get into today's message. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be here today, to be with your people. What a wonderful, wonderful spirit we have experienced here today. It is your Holy Spirit, and we are thankful for it today. I'm thankful, God, that um, you gave, you gave your only begotten Son, that whoever would believe on him would be saved and not perish. You gave us your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we could walk in this life not as orphans, but Lord, as sons and daughters of the Most High God. You gave us gifts. You have given gifts unto us, Lord. Lord, you continue to give and to give into our lives. And we just want to take one moment here to say thank you. Thank you, Father, for your generosity. And we want to be a model of that generosity. And we want people to see you through us. And we can do that by reaching out and extending our hands to others. We ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And everyone said, amen. Being born again is by far the greatest life experience anyone could have. The moment that you accept Jesus into your life, the Bible says, behold, all things become new. Old things have passed away and everything becomes new. Uh, I was meditating on that this past week as I was preparing this message and I remembered the morning. It was, it was October 22nd, or sorry, September 22nd, 1988. Anybody ever remember there was a little book going around in 1988 that said 88 reasons why Jesus will return in 1988. Anybody? Mark, a couple of you guys. Okay. Well, they, it got me. There was this little booklet that said these things have happened and, and Jesus is going to return. And uh, sometime, and it really was in that September, October frame. And no man knows the day, no man knows the hour. But God used that as a means and other people to take my life and to get a hold of it. And so it was on a, it was on a Saturday morning, 4 a.m., Jamie and I, in our basement, prayed the sinner's prayer, and we've never been the same since then. We put our hands to the plow, 
God put a call on our life, and we've never looked back. I mean, even though there's nothing to go back to. There, uh, Peter said, what, what are we going to return to? There's nothing back there for us. And so, obviously, the eternal significance that that moment had, you know, will play throughout eternity. But I've also learned that it's also one of the greatest experiences that I've had in my life because there is a reward in serving Jesus. I'm not talking about just when we get to heaven. I'm talking about right here, right now. And if you, if you are bored with your relationship, something's not right because being a Christian is not boring. If you do this thing right... If you live this thing the way that you're supposed to live it, you'll never be bored a day of your life, right? Are you telling me God's boring? No, it's not boring serving Jesus. It's exciting. It's, it's challenging. There's something fresh and new every day. And so one of the blessings of serving God and one of the blessings of, of giving your heart to the Lord is you begin to discover purpose. Everyone say purpose. You'll never truly know your purpose until you know Jesus. And the reason that I say that is simply this, is because the purpose of God, the destiny of God, the plan of God for your life is hidden in Christ. And so it's not until you discover him that you discover purpose that you discover why you are on this earth. And so you begin to discover and realize that your purpose is found in him and you will discover God's will and God's plan for your life, right? That's, it's, it's not hard. And so the primary purpose, the primary purpose that you and I are here, all right, is to glorify God. If the primary purpose was for us um, to go to heaven, I know that's part of it, but if the primary purpose for us to get saved was to go to heaven, then God would have taken us immediately when we gave our hearts to the Lord. Because why? Because our purpose is fulfilled. It's over. It's done. So we need to just go on to heaven. So the reason that we haven't gone to heaven is because we still have a purpose on this, on this earth. And that purpose, the primary purpose is to glorify God. And one of the ways that you and I glorify God is acknowledging he's great and he's greatly to be praised, that we need to worship him, that we need to honor him because he alone and nobody else, but he alone deserves our praise, deserves our honor and deserves our worship. Can I get an amen right there? He alone, he's the only one. And so one of the things, and worship is more than just assembling on a Sunday morning and giving God about, you know, 75, 80, 90 minutes. It's more than that. It's more than a song. Worship really is, is me surrendering and giving my life to God. That's worship. Uh, I'll put it this way. He died for us. The least we could do is live for him. Right? I mean, he paid a debt we couldn't pay. We could not repay the sin debt. So that's why Jesus came, so that he could pay the debt that you and I could not pay. And so if he was willing to die for us, the least we could do is be willing to live for him. No one would willi willingly lay down their life for you, but Jesus did. And he did it for me as well. And so, so one of the ways that we glorify God is saying, okay, okay, God, here's my life. Use me.
Here's my time. Use it. Here's my talents. Use it. Here's every, God, I give you me. How many of you know God just doesn't want the Sunday you? Y'all going to have to help me tonight, today. God wants all of you. God wants every bit of you. God wants every compartment of you. God wants all of you so that he can use you for his glory and for his honor. And God says, see, it's one thing to know Jesus as Savior. That's how you get into this thing. You meet Jesus as Savior. But it needs to progress from there. Your relationship needs to develop from there. And there comes a point in your life where you have to meet him and know him as Lord. In other words, you are Lord over everything. You're Lord over my finances. You're Lord over my family. You're Lord over my giftings. You're Lord over my life. Everything, God, that I have belongs to you to use for your glory and your honor. That's allowing Jesus to be Lord of your life. Glorifying him. That's your primary purpose. Out of your primary purpose, you will then discover your secondary purpose. And the secondary purpose is simply this, is to make a difference. You are here. I am here to make a difference. Ephesians 2 and 10 in the New Living Bible, and there's uh, several scriptures I'll try to get to today. I didn't even get out of the introduction in the first service, so we'll see where we go from here. But... Um, Ephesians 2 and 10 basically says something like this. It says that God created us, and then he gave us a new life. And with that new life, the born-again life, with that new life, he says, I want you to spend the rest of your new life helping others. Ephesians 2 and 10. Helping others what? Helping others discover their primary purpose and that is to glorify God, and helping others discover their secondary purpose, and that is to make a difference and to help other people that God may bring across their path. And so when you use your life to make a difference in someone else's life, you bring glory to God. That's what God wants from us. So if you want to bring glory to God, which you should want that, if you want to bring glory to God, then one of the ways that you can do that is spend your life making a difference in someone else's life. Now, God is a God of more than enough. How many of you know that um, uh, we're never going to bankrupt God? I mean, think about it. The streets are paved with gold, right? All right, we're never gonna bankrupt God. And so God is a God of more, say more. And he, share, he shares this with us in John's gospel, chapter, uh, chapter number 15. He says, this is what I want from your life. He said, I want from your life, I want you to bear fruit. And then God comes along and he says, I not only want you to bear fruit, but I want you to progress in this thing. I want you to bear more fruit. And then God gets to the place where he goes in verse number five, and he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So God wants us to go from fruit to more fruit to much fruit. So God is always thinking more. God always has more 
than enough. So a life that is connected to God, if our life, if this church is connected to God, what we should see in this church, what we should see in our life is fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. That's what we should see. So when we look at each other's lives, when we look at this church, we should see the fruit because of the connection that we have with the Father. So if we're not seeing fruit, if the church isn't seeing fruit, people saved, people healed, people delivered, people growing in their faith, people using their gifts, people using their talents for the glory of God, if we're not seeing the fruit of that, then we need to check our connection. We need to make sure we're connected. We need to make sure this spiritual Wi-Fi is working. Right? We need to make sure of that. We need to make sure we're connected to the right source, and that is God. Because if you and I are connected, truly connected to God, it's guaranteed fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. Three levels. He said a minimum of three levels of increase in our lives. And so he also says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, we know people that are doing something that aren't serving God. But apart from him, you cannot do anything with eternal significance attached to it. Because if he's not in it, if he's not attached to it, it's not going to stand throughout eternity. But if he's in it, and if he's attached to it, then it will have an eternal significance that goes with it. In other words, it's not going to leave once you get to heaven. You're going to carry that with you. You're going to carry that reward with you. It's the people that you introduce to him. You're going to bring them with you. It's the, it's the things that you do, the seeds of faith and the seeds of hope that you sow into other people that's going to find, that's going to find its way in eternity with you, right? Because the Bible says we're going to be judged by our works. When we get to heaven, God's going to judge the things that we've done on this earth. And anything that was not done with the intent to bring glory to God is going to burn up. Now, we're not talking about the great white throne judgment, but we're talking about our works being judged. In other words, what was the motive behind what we were doing to begin with? Was the motive for us to receive glory? Was the motive for us to receive honor? Was the motive for us to be looked at? Or was the motive, was the motive attached to bring glory and honor to God? Because everything that you and I do will be judged one day before God, right? And I want those things that we do to have eternal significance to it. And he says that a life that is connected to him bears much fruit. So he goes on to say um, in verse number 11, he goes on to say, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now, time out a minute. I want you to think about this. God is saying, I don't want you to think that now you somehow are repaying me for what you're doing. You don't have to repay me because my grace is free, right? It's the gift of God. It's free. And so you're not backtracking now and trying to make up for everything that you've done wrong in your previous, in your time before serving Jesus. He said, I'm not asking you to do these good things because it's the religious thing to do. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you 
to help others because it's the right thing to do. Come on, church. The right thing. And he said, I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So what you may not know and what we may not understand this morning is this, that if we spend our life going beyond ourselves, reaching beyond ourselves, making a difference in someone else's life, that God has placed within us, the DNA within us, an inherent nature within us, that when you reach beyond yourself, it brings joy unspeakable and full of glory. So if, <laughs> so if there is an absence of joy in your life, check to see whether or not you are reaching beyond yourself. Because when you reach beyond yourself, when you start doing things for other people, other than doing things for yourself, Jesus just said it, you're going to see joy begin to manifest in your life, my joy that's going to be manifested in your life, and that's when you will be complete. Say it another way. That's when you will begin to discover and sense fulfillment in your life. Come on, how many want fulfillment? Fulfillment. Fulfillment. That's why fame doesn't bring fulfillment. We see it every day. We see people who have fame. We see people who have fortune. We see people that, that we look at and we're like, man, if I could just have what they have. But yet, they're not happy. They're not content. They're not satisfied. Why? Because until you spend your life investing in others you'll never really know true joy. You'll never really experience true fulfillment in your life. And this is where our joy is made complete, when you make a difference in somebody's life. Now listen to me. This message is not about people needing our help. It's not what this message is about. I'm not talking about people needing our help. What I am talking about is us discovering that helping others brings joy into our life. That's what I'm talking about. This is why Jesus said this statement to us. He said, it is more blessed to what? Than to what? Than to receive. That goes against everything we've been taught. That goes against our mindset. Because the way that we were taught, the way that we were brought up, the way that, that, that the natural man thinks is, Get, 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 get as much as you can get and can as much as you can, can. Right? Get, get, get. But when you entered into the kingdom of God, it diametrically opposes everything that you knew in your previous life before Jesus. Right? So, uh, I mean, it, it, for instance, he said, if you want to get something, the way that you receive in my kingdom is you have to give. In my kingdom, if you want to go up, you have to do what? You got to go down. In my kingdom, if you want to be great, you, gotta you must do what? Become a servant to all. So this is why we need this whole mindset. This is why we need this whole transformation and the renewing of our mind because we bring a worldly philosophy into the kingdom of God and the two don't jive. As an old word that us old people say. They don't mix. They don't mix. That's why when Jesus came along and started teaching things, they looked at him like, what? What do you mean I need to love my enemies? What do you mean I need to bless those who, who 
mistreat me and misuse me and talk about me. I need to bless those people. I don't want to bless them. I want to knock them out. <laughs> Let's all just be truthful. I mean, it's just not, I mean, natural for us to feel that way. That's why you have to be born again. That's why his spirit has to supersede our spirit. That's why we have to be led by his Holy Spirit and not our, <laughs> come on, our emotions, our soulish, you know, because in the soul we'll start thinking things like, I want to poke their eyes out. <laughs> and we'll start praying those soulish prayers. You know, the Bible, I mean, you read David's life, and he, you know, he had some soulish prayers in there. He's like, I, mean, I, I just hope they're, you know, their skin falls off of them. And I mean, you, you we're human, right? I have no clue where I'm going right now, but I'll, I'll get back on track. What am I talking about? So it, it's just, it's about, you know, understanding the principles of the kingdom. And so Jesus said, I, I'm back on track now. Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I love to receive. I don't know about any of you, but I love to receive. I ain't going to lie about it. You want to bless me? I'll take it. Hey, just reach over and adjust the halo on the person beside you. Go ahead, go ahead and do that right now. I don't have a problem with receiving, right? And, and this is what God taught me a long time ago about receiving from people. You know, because God will lay it upon someone's heart to bless you. And it doesn't have to be financially. I'm not talking just financially. I'm talking about just random acts of kindness, things like that. And, and if you, no, don't do that. You know, don't, I, I, can't, you, I can't let you do that. Well, what you're doing is you're stopping the blessing of God from flowing into that person's life. Because if, if they are connected to the vine and they're hearing from the Father and God tells them to do something in your life and you tell them, no, don't do that, you're blocking the blessing that God has for their life. I'll never forget the one Sunday that, that um, there was a woman in our church and I knew she was struggling. Single, single parent, uh, raising her children, and I knew she was struggling. And I was, I was teaching on tithing. You know, that would get people excited. I was teaching on tithing. <laughs> and um, and she, she, she got the revelation of tithing. She understood God's going to open up the window. He's going to pour out a blessing. I can't contain. God's going to rebuke the devourer for my sake. God's going to do. She got that revelation, and she, and she gave. And I knew she didn't have it to give. And I told, I told the treasurer, I said, give her that money back. I said, give it back to her. The treasurer took that check and walked back over there and gave it to her. And she said, don't you do that. She said, I put that seed in the ground. I mean, she was just repeating what I had taught them. She said, I put that, you're digging up, digging up my seed. I need a harvest. And you're taking my harvest by giving me back my seed. See, some of you just keep taking back the seed. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. He gives seed to the sower. And the reason some of you are not receiving is because he knows you're not going to do anything with it when you get it. Beyond yourself. Don't shout me down now. And, and so she said, put that seed back in the ground. Don't mess with my harvest. And so you'll begin to discover when you start giving of yourself that it truly is more blessed to give than it is to receive. There will be a greater joy in your life when you get to the place in your life 
where you're saying, you know what? I want to bless you. I want to help you. I'm here for you. When you see beyond yourself and you understand it's not all about you and what you need and what you can get, and you start blessing others, I'm telling you, you'll begin to experience joy unspeakable and full of glory, and you'll just want to continue to give and give and give. What, are, what you're doing is you're taking on your Father's nature. You're taking on the nature of your Heavenly Father, who is a giving Father. Can I get an amen right there? It's, it's transcendent living. It's making a difference. I'm living my life beyond myself. That's what it is. So as a believer, God has given us, is this okay? Do I have some time? Yeah, I got some time. As a believer, God has given us the resources. God has given us the ability. God has given us talents. God has given us gifts to make this happen. So God is not asking you, nor God is he asking me, nor this church to do something we are incapable of doing. Now, he may ask us to do things that will stretch us, that go beyond us, that cause us to lean on him, and that's a good thing. But God's never going to ask you to do something that he's not put within you the ability to do so. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. And nothing is impossible with God. And if nothing is impossible with God, the, the, the nothing uh, that's impossible with God, God lives on the inside of you. That means nothing is impossible for you either. Does that make sense? Nothing is impossible. Just stay connected to the vine. Just stay connected to that. And so as a believer, God has given us everything that we need to do, go beyond ourselves, to make a difference in someone else's life. Um, giving us the resources and talent to do so. Now I'm going to get church on you, okay? I'm going to go churchy on you. And some of you that have been in church for a long time are going to know, get ready, know what I'm going to talk about. Um, this is what I've been trying to set us up to hear is this. I've been trying to get you to uh, understand that you are blessed. Say I'm blessed. Say it like you mean it. Look at your neighbor and tell him you're blessed. Come on, tell them, you are blessed. Right, 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 you're blessed. And if you've been in church a long time, you've learned some church and ease along the way. Because this is, what we use, this, is, this is how we used to say it. Not only am I blessed, but I am blessed in... I knew Shay would get it. I knew she knew that. I knew it. I am blessed and I am highly favored. And then if you really were churchanized, you would say things like this. Not only am I blessed, not only am I highly favored, you'd go back in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy and you'd pull out that scripture that says, I'm blessed in the city, I'm blessed in the field, I'm blessed coming, I'm blessed going, my barns are blessed, my barrels are blessed, my dog is blessed, my cat is blessed, everything I touch is blessed. Come on, help me out, somebody. Say, I'm blessed. And if you really had it, you would go around singing something like this. Say bless, say bless. Okay, so I was moving better in the first service. Come on. Here we go. 
Some of you are just too white. <laughs> You're just too white. You're like, what was that? That's old Freddie Hammond. Come on, somebody. Help me out here. Right? Where's Nate Boyd in the Hammond B3 when you need it? That was back in the day. And we go around singing that song. I'm blessed. I'm blessed, right? The whole service. Colin remembers that. The whole service. We did bless one Sunday. I remember that. The whole service. Two and a half hours. We did that song right there. People were falling out. We're carrying them out. They were blessed. Come on, say I'm blessed. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say I'm blessed. Now look at your neighbor and tell him, you are blessed. Now look at me, 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 look at me. Why are you blessed? Well, I know that. <laughs> Thank you. So that you can be a blessing. You are blessed so that you can be a blessing. That's why you're blessed. You have to remember who the more is for. More is not just for your four and no more. The more is for others. Now listen to me. God said, I blessed you. And God doesn't mind you having things and God doesn't mind you having nice things. As a matter of fact, you should have nice things. But what God, what matters is if things have you. So in other words, if God would say, I want you to take that thing that I've given you and I want you to give it to somebody else. Now we'll see. We will see if that thing has you or if God has your heart. That's when we'll see. Hey, there was a, I mean, just a little thing, okay? But, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. This is just a little thing, okay? Um, I was preaching one time, and I had this watch on, and God said, I want you to give your watch to that young man right here. And I'm like, I just got this. <laughs> and it wasn't an Apple watch. That was before then, okay? And God said, I want you to give your watch to that young man. Yeah, it was a Rolex. Thanks, Tom. And so I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And I'm preaching. God said, I said, I want you to give out watch to that young man. So I stopped. I said, I don't know why I'm doing this. And I took the watch off and I handed it to him. And when I did, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, I want you to tell him that it's his time. It's his season. And this is just a sign, an indicator that I am getting ready to enter him into the time and season that I have for his life. 
And it just was, it was a, it was just a, um, uh, Symbolic, thank you. It was just symbolic of what God was doing in his life. I gave that watch, and I told you it never hurts to give. I gave that watch, went right back to preaching, and we had one of those services. Well, over the next few weeks, this is what happened to me. While I'm preaching, people start walking up to me and giving me their watches. I don't want your watch. I don't want your watch. I don't even wear one anymore. I just told, I just told you 20 minutes ago, don't tell somebody no if they want to give you something, didn't I just? So I went through this period where people just started coming up and giving me watches. And I gave one watch away and nine watches came back into my life. Yeah. I mean, and I'm talking about all different styles, all different kinds, all different types. They just started, I mean, people just started walking up and handing me watches. I'm like, man, what am I going to do with my arms? Not big enough for all these watches. Right? But it just sparked something in the, in the church. It just sparked something in people. And then people just started giving things away. I mean, there was a young man in our church, um, and he, he took care. He had a handicapped mother. He took care of his mother, and he walked to church. A young man walking to church, and it was several miles. And someone found out that, that, he didn't have a, that he didn't have a vehicle. And so somebody in the church blessed him with a car so that he could get to church, take care of his mother and her needs. I'm telling you, it sparked something in our church. Well, you know, it's really no different than what happened in the New Testament. The Bible said that, that revival broke out in the church. Read it. It's in Acts chapter 3, 4, somewhere around there that revival broke out in the church and people started selling properties and taking the proceeds and they brought it to the, to, the, uh, to the apostles of the church and laid it at their feet and said, whatever you need to do with it, do it. Meet the needs of the people. And the Bible said that the needs of the people were met. Do you know why we have welfare today? You want to know why the government is taking care and subsidizing people today? You want to know why they're doing it? Because the church stopped. Originally, the church, were, the church was the one who provided the needs of the people. And this is, what, this is what God said. God said, if the church isn't going to do it, I'll raise someone else up to do it. Because there's always going to be a need. There's always going to be somebody who has a need in their life. And, 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 and I just think that, that if it's the church giving rather than the government giving, because the government's not going to give glory to God. I don't know if I have any politicians in here today. I'm praying for you, but listen to me. Most of them are going to say, look what I've done for you. Look what I've done for the community. Well, that, that, that doesn't happen in the church. It shouldn't happen, I should say, because when the church is provided and meeting the needs of the people and, and, and people's, uh, everybody's needs are being met, that's when we turn around and say, it's all God. God gets the glory. God gets the honor. God gets the praise. He's the one. So, Daniel, what I'm hoping happens here is we get, if we, we catch the spirit of giving. That's what I want to have happen in this church. I want us to catch the spirit of giving. Because if we will catch the spirit of giving, I'm telling you, we'll have to take over the mall. 
I'm all right with that too. And, 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 and I'm really being serious about that. If you think about it, if you think about a place where people can come and whatever need they have is being met, that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons people were so attracted to Jesus. He fed them when they were hungry. He counseled them when they needed counseled. I mean, whatever the need was, Jesus said, okay, let me help you with that. Just let me help you with that. And if we would adopt that spirit, if we would grasp that, if that would just get a hold of us, I'm telling you, it would transform this community. It would change this community. And people would be drawn to Jesus and we would see revival in this land. Do you believe that today? Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together. So this whole concept of, of being blessed started with our father, Father Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons and many sons. Boy, I'm going old school today. I really am. So it really began with the, this whole concept of being blessed began with Abraham. Look at this scripture with me. Um, I think it's in Genesis chapter 12. And it says this, watch the wording. I will make you a great nation. Why do we shy away from greatness? He says, and I will, come on, somebody help me. I will what? And will make your name great. And why? And you will be a what? You're going to be a blessing. Look at the Father's will. He's telling you his will right here. My will is to bless you. My will is to make you. My will is to give you a great name. Now, hold on a minute. Why? It goes back to what I taught last week. It goes back to influence. How many of you know it's hard to influence people when we're broke, busted, and disgusted? I'm just telling you the truth. The Bible talks about a king, but because he had a, a king, but he lacked influence because of his poverty. Think about that, a king but poverty. It's in Ecclesiastes, I believe. So God blesses us so that we can, we can have an influence. Are you with me? Are you tracking with me? He said, I'm going to bless you, Abraham, so that I can use you as an influence to nations. Remember last week we looked at Joseph's life? He was blessed, and he was blessed so that he could have an influence over others. Could it be the reason that God wants to bless you? Could it be the reason that God wants to bless this house? It's so that we can have influence and so that people will look to us and say, well, what do you think? I feel like I could go all day today. Do you think anybody cared what Oprah had to say when she was waiting on tables? I'm just using her as an example. Do you think anybody cared what Oprah had to say when she was waiting tables? But when she talks today, 
People want to know what she has to say. What's the difference? Influence, not money, influence. Influence. If you want to have people get people's attention, you have to have influence. And you got to use it for his glory and his honor. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, will, uh, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will what? Through who? You. Well, I know what some of you are saying. I'm, I'm almost done, I promise. I'm almost done. I know what some of you are saying. Well, that's Abraham. It has nothing to do with me. I disagree. It has everything to do with you. And so I knew some of you would throw the challenge flag out today, so I'm ready for you. You have to watch football to understand that comment. So God says, I'm going to bless Abraham, and we are the spiritual descendants of Abraham, because remember he said your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars. You know who he was talking about? Talking about us. Spiritual. And then he said, as the sand on the shore. He's talking about Israel, natural Israel. Natural, spiritual. So when he said, I'm going to bless you as numerous as the stars and the sand on the shores, he was talking about us. We're going to be blessed through him. We're connected to this Abrahamic blessing. Can I teach you for a minute? We are connected to the blessing of Abraham. Watch me now. I'll give it to you in New Testament. Here we go. Here we go. Galatians 3 and 14. Through who? Jesus, through Christ, the anointed one. God, notice this, not going to, not will. He's speaking past tense. What has he done? Who? Who are the Gentiles? Here we are. Oops, there it is. Someone help me because I'm having a little trouble here. Help me. I could drop the mic right now. <laughs> not a watered-down version of it. Not a, another version of it. But the same promise, the same blessing to make you great, to make you prosperous, to bless you beyond you. God says, I've made that promise to you. That promise is over your head. That promise is spoken over us. And a promise is a prophecy. And anytime you have a prophecy over your life, you have to grab hold of that prophecy. And you have to lay hold of that prophecy and say, I believe the word of the Lord. And I stand on the word of the Lord. And if God says he's going to make me great, then I will be great. And if God says he's going to bless me, then I will be blessed. And if God says I'm going to be an influencer, then I will be an influencer. You have to hold on to that word. You have to hold on to that prophecy and you have to speak that prophecy and you have to stand in that prophecy even in the days of adversity when everything goes against what God has promised and it's the exact opposite. That is an indicator to you that the enemy is fighting you and trying to keep you out of that promise. But if you'll stand your ground and hold on to your faith, you'll walk into that promise in Jesus' name. If you believe it, shout yes. Shout yes. Shout yes. And stand to your feet and give the Lord some praise today. Come on, if you believe it, give him some praise today. Amen. I feel this thing in my spirit. 
I said, I feel it in my spirit. Woo. I feel this. I really, I'm telling you right now. I, I feel that direct link to heaven. And I'm just telling you right now, half of what I just shared with you wasn't even in the notes. Ask the people who were in the first service. So what are you saying? I'm saying there was a direct download as God was just saying, tell them this, 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 let them know, let them know, let them know. Well, my goodness, wouldn't you want to go to church and hear from God? You don't want to hear from me. You want to hear from God, right? You want to hear from God. So this whole month is a month of thanks and giving. This is where we're starting. Thanks and giving. And there are some dates. Marisa and Adam shared a couple of those dates with you, but I want to put them up here on the, on the screen again. If you would, please. There are some dates I want you to get, in your, uh, get a hold of. No, I'm going to teach on that next week. You got to come back because you're you going to want to hear that. So we've already accomplished this, right? I'm, I'm hearing you right. Somebody? Well, let's give the Lord praise. That thing is done. <laughs> Stuff the bus November 24th. We're going to just bring coats and gloves and scarves and hats and socks, and we're going to stuff that bus. Envision Sunday, November 24th. I didn't even get into this. I will next week. To whom much is given, much is required. So God doesn't just give you something and not expect something back from you. God, when God gives you something, he requires something from you. Okay? And so God just didn't set this building up for us and say, okay, I'm going to give this building to you. But I'm not expecting anything from you. Well, that goes against the nature of God. God says, I'm giving you this building. I'm giving you this property. You're going to use it to influence others. You're going to use it to influence this community. But he said, I'm going to require some things from you. And so part of the requirement is taking care of it. Hello? I know it's late. I know I see the time. I know I'm wearing you out right now. Thank you. Part of the requirement is taking care of this, right? And this is not about me guilting you into something or shaming you for something you haven't done. This is me telling you that we now have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. And there are things that need to be done to this building. And so um, I know there are people that have been out here that, trying to help with, with recruiting and some things, some work that needs to be done. Because every dollar we raise, we don't have to borrow. Everything that we can do on our own, we don't have to pay a contractor to do it. I just think it makes good sense financially for us to do what we can do. Now, there are certain things we're not going to be able to do. I know that. But we have a responsibility now. And God is holding us accountable. God's holding us accountable. That's why I'm asking you to pray about giving. That's why I'm asking you to pray about helping out there. Well, you don't even have to pray about that. You just got to do it. Thank you. 
Stuff the bus, Envision Sunday, help me out here. Baby dedication, we're going to dedicate those babies to the Lord. Christmas party for your babies. I mean, we're not just sitting around here looking at each other saying, what in the world are we going to do? Um, December 15th, kids on stage are going to be here in both services. They're going to be ministering your kids, your grandchildren. Listen, Melissa and her team's already working on this. You know that they do it right. December 22nd, we're going to be in the big house. We're going to be at the Fine Arts Building. That's going to be our Christmas service. And, and we want you to invite your friends, your family, your enemies, everybody to, that you want to bring, be a part of that. And we're planning a great service. You know how we do. You know how we do. And then something that's really becoming really special here at LifePoint Church, that's our Christmas Eve service. If you've not been to one of our Christmas Eve services, it's an hour. It's a communion service. I'm telling you, you're missing something if you've not been to this. But these are all opportunities that we're giving you to influence and invite people to church to make a difference. There are some cards. Uh, Marisa, do I have any more of these? Sam has them. Um, there are some cards. Um, just random acts of kindness. I was going through the drive through yesterday um, at Starbucks, and the person in front of me paid for my coffee. I thought that was awesome, right? And who am I to stop somebody from blessing me? And then I drove through and I thought, well, why didn't you continue it? I think I was so shocked that somebody did it. I just went on and whatever. But anyhow, um, there's a card. And it, it, I just want us to thanks and giving. I want go, to go beyond ourselves. So that may be making some cookies for your neighbor, walking over to your neighbor, knocking on the door and say, I just want to bless you. And then there's a card I want you to give them that says God loves you. I mean, you know, people need to hear God loves them. They need to know that God loves them. Maybe you're, maybe you're going to be in line at Starbucks or wherever you go and you want to buy the person's drink behind you. Just say, I want to cover them as well and then give them that card and let them know Jesus loves you. Sam has those cards. These cards right here say thank you for what you do for our community. You're in our prayers. These cards here need to go to nurses, doctors, uh, um, firefighters, firemen, police officers, so those who are on the front lines, those who are serving. Just to walk up and say thank you for what you're doing. Come on, someone. Just, just thank you. I'm praying for you. Thank you for your sacrifice and your commitment to our community. We just want to say thank you for it. So those cards are available as well. I just want us to get really radical in our generosity. I do not want to be known as a church that takes. They're out there. I said, I don't want to be known as a church that takes. I want to be known as a church that gives. Because you'll never, ever outgive God. I got to get out of here. Hey, I love you. I appreciate you. There are folks down here that will pray for you. Let's have a great week. Amen. Look at three people and tell them you're blessed. Come on. Can you do that?